You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. A choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very expanding. Snyder, uh, welcoming back to Expanding Reality. It's so cool to see you, brother. How is everything in your world these days? Uh, it's a full circle circus show every day, and I'm just trying to see it as a merry-go-round rather than something that keeps me going down, you know, that kind of thing. How about you? How's that? Well, I'll answer your question, but how's that working out for you to see it more as a merry-go-round rather than this fucking crazy? It's one of those things where you try and turn everything into lessons and it makes it like you're, you're getting positive things no matter where you are in the cycle. That, that kind of thing. Does it seem the more painful, the more you feel valuable? Uh, I always try and find the perspective of the pain. You know, it's one thing to be hit by it. It's another to think, why is it getting thrown at me? And I've always found that a little bit uh, better trajectory to to see what I can see. Okay, that's that's fair. Uh, radically subjective, and I love that. Um, okay, so want to also just remind the audience here that because you've been on before, and I will answer your question, because you've been on before, I'm just going to link your first episode, episode 152. I was back in 22 there in uh, August, so it's been a minute since you've been on, dude. It's good to see you again. But since then, you've had me be a part of something called the Council of Conspiracy, which we'll absolutely talk about because I'm grateful. Link down below as well is going to be all the ways to find you, of course, conspiracysynergy.com, and then Rumble, any other way that you want me to uh, send you, but also I'm going to share a couple of the links to the things that the project that you invited me to work on, as well as a couple other things, because I like showing you off, brother. Um, but other than that, uh, we can skip with like the like backstory and shit. That's what's nice about linking your first uh, episode is because we already got that on the first one. So people can go fuck off to that one and then we can just get right to it, right? 
Sure. Yeah, that's that's cool. Outstanding. Uh, well, cool. Well, then to that point, then what the fuck have you been up to, man? Uh, yeah, no. So making the show because it's such a uh, ridiculously intensive editing process. This last one involved reaching out to uh, a number of different people, which uh, to quote uh, Steve, who I co-host AM Wake Up With, uh, which is another thing that has since been transpiring. I now co-host the Wednesday segment of AM Wake Up, but it's kind of like herd- herding kittens. And that's an adorable little affectionate thing because a lot of people need little comfortable, refreshing reminders to make their submissions, which can then stretch on for months. And then I got to go through all the hours of stuff and fine tune it to make it a beautiful little product featuring a bunch of glitter and kittens and nice warm things so that it can try and translate to normieville which is my mo trying to figure out how in the hell to talk about reality with people who don't want to expand it even a to the like the littlest degree let alone all the way to uh where we're at yeah so that's what i've been up to and studying all the time I, I want to ask you about what you're studying, and I'm going to go ahead and answer your question. I've been great. Thank you. Thanks for asking, buddy. Uh, well, it, it's the, the the type of thing that you're doing, and I know that you say, oh, I threw some edits together. The, the editing process, and I'm going to go ahead and point everybody um, that's listening, the audio-only audience, to go ahead and check the link in the show description. It is going to point you towards the screen that I have pulled up now, and this is going to show you. I'm just going to play a little bit of your uh, thing here. Um, and show sort of the editing that you do this that went into this after this fucking United ad. Excellent. <laughs> God damn it. I'm editing this out. Oh, this is perfect. I'm going to stop like, share. I'm going to say hi to you. I'm going to edit the audio out. I'll put like a queef in here or something. And then we'll come back, okay? I'm not going to do the fucking... Okay. I'm flying Delta here in a little bit anyway. But this dude, um, the way that he edits your process, this is the some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. With your inner circle. Uh, which is actually not what I wanted to show, but uh, still check the link in the audio well, description because this is the second part of the eighth episode of Conspiracy here. Synergy. I'm your host, Talking Rabbit Puppet, and today we're going totally off the rails on a cult tour. Okay, so picking up from last episode, we are starting a global revolution together. So you can see just the type of editing, the style that you have, uh, your ability to captivate but also enthrall and mesmerize as well convergences of systemic perversions how do you explain that sir uh it'd be a long explanation but basically what it is is that oh man so crap uh i guess it's kind of like a so you know how there's archetypal um sort of representations of various different things which are the conjoined through the subconscious of the species and by giving those quick little flashes of things in an accompaniment with the words as you say them you're able to keep people's thought process on a dual track you've given them something that they can um in an auditory way be on on sort of uh the suggestion of and then the visual gives a refinement too so it's a one-two punch of keeping people on a particular track and then there's also like the sort of balletic or uh, i don't know if that's a word but the ballet of how you're uh, your eyes track from one thing to the next as it goes from frame to frame. Uh, there's a certain nostalgia built in all the different kind of like uh, different clips from films. And if you go through the timeline of this, it's like a thousand or more clips in a 26 minute uh, episode. 
And that's all the different layers of puppets and uh, little sparkly things popping out at you. I'll do collage work. So there are different layers that's uh, priming the subconscious. Uh, so it's it's kind of a convergence of just basic film language, a cartoon world, custom creation of different archetypes, which then speak to sacred geometry, numi uh, numerology. And that in of itself is a large composite that reveals the method by which all of us have been habitually brainwashed from cradle to grave. And so it's a lot that you wouldn't even necessarily think unless you actually deconstructed what it is and looked at it through a professional lens. You know, and it's it's that type of thought that whenever I look at, at work that you do, and I'm sitting here thinking of the clip choices that you make, because I, 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 I edit the show, okay? I put, a little, I put a couple things on this, but I would not call myself a video editor in comparison to what you're doing here. What you're doing, yes, is thousands of hours. How long did it take you, if you don't mind, sir, for this five-minute cl uh, clip that you have here? Yeah, so that one's a nine-month creation, and but that's also a couple of little side things and... A huge part of what I do is literally just reading all the time to try and figure out the human condition and how I can try and like get people to approach the veil, peel it back without freaking out and running in the other direction. And so it's the refined creation and experimentation with branding. And so to the infusing of that with understanding and then trying to figure out how to once again get people to want to explore that kind of thing because there's a really great quote and I think kind of like speaks to what I'm trying to accomplish. If you approach someone and you try and change them, they resist. But if you approach someone and you try and understand them, they change. And so this is one of those things where it's really important for me to understand people so that it isn't just my insistence. It's something that it really speaks to, I guess, what I'm hoping is that people will find the courage to realize how broken things are rather than just curling into a ball and accepting it, they'll be like, okay, well, maybe if it's presented in a positive and loving and encouraging and rewarding and uh, entertaining and engaging manner, then maybe they'll step up and and they'll find the way to be, or the way to the hero's journey, you know, that kind of thing. Well, again, beautiful the way you represent it and the thought you put into it shows uh, in the work that you do, as well as just having this conversation with the director behind the scenes here, which is another reason we like doing this kind of thing, man. So we can introduce you to the audience as well. And then we have the crowd here hanging out. So uh, speaking of steps, let's talk about the first steps, you know, uh, introducing somebody to something like the rabbit shit show hole that is our reality around us. Um, what is their first steps out of the cave? Which What's a direction you can point someone when they're bombarded with this light, having just hopped out of the cave of shadows there, to use the metaphor? Man, it's so surreal because what I've learned more and more just trying to engage with people is that generally speaking, they're solely oriented and uh, like there's there's a spectrum, obviously, but it's that a lot of people are are uh, driven by feedback or reward. Um, a lot of it is the emotional support of friends. And so if they can't talk about something in their friend circle, then they don't want that to be something that influences who they are, or how they grow, because once they enter into that friend circle, it almost like cuts them down to size. So unless they have the resolve or the resilience to live multiple overlapping lives, which eventually almost drives you crazy in a way because you want to be authentic. So I guess it would say know who you are, understand who you're around, how they affect you find people who are able to actually have deeper conversations 
in an unconventional way, who aren't afraid of their darkness or need to, I guess, betray uh, not just their higher self, but like the truth of the things that suck about them. Because, you know, a really good friend is someone who it's like you can talk to and they're like, yeah, that sucks. That's OK. And, you know, obviously we all have thresholds and we all have limits and everything. But so much of what I continue to experience with people's emotional state as they're just either getting rattled out of or choosing to emerge from the cave is that they they don't have a firm fitted orientation and they're almost primal in the way in which they approach things. It isn't a fine, uh, fine tuned sort of refinement of uh, the human instrument. They, they ain't really on point. It's pretty clumsy and they don't really want to openly talk about that thing, let alone share it with everybody. So I can understand how the idea of a friend circle can be debilitating to people who want to feel like they're, they're made making human connection and they aren't completely alone. And that's so much of what's going on because it isn't just being in that cave and exiting. It's feeling like you're not just entering into a vast daunting hellscape that will slowly destroy you every step of your life. You want people by your side. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. It's that quote. I don't, I don't know whose it is, but I say it all the time. We're all, we're all just walking each other home here. And, and the more that we grow out of the fertilizer that was the shit, you know, that, that our lives were at the very beginning of our lives, perhaps we were surrounded with this in our homes or uh, immediate environments, you sort of grow where you're planted this idea. And it really turns you into this fortified being of, of awesomeness that you've risen above a certain level of perception where they can't, they can't get any higher. I don't know about your mom and dad, but my, I know that there are certain conversations I cannot have with them. And it's simply just due to the box of perception or the height at which they've allowed themselves to grow, right? They just don't fertilize anymore. They won't take new information in to stick with the metaphor. But then again, I feel that that sort of shit that they throw on you fertilizes you so that you can sort of pick up where your parents leave off. And that's maybe the ultimate goal here, right? In, in all ways, an in intellect and your ability to take in new information, your ability to adapt it to your intellect, uh, and to make it palatable for your life and useful instead of just batting it away, as you say. So a lot of the things that we see around us, man, are transparent as fuck. It's, it's one of the most frustrating things I find in the game, and you know this as well, that you just see it everywhere. And so then you're just sitting here going, well, what the fuck is this? And I just think of the Leonardo, Di uh, I almost said Leonardo DiCaprio quote, uh, Leonardo Da Vinci quote, <laughs> um, shows where fucking pop culture dropped its seed in. Uh, and it's that there are three classes of people. Those who see, those who can see when shown, and then those who don't see. And yeah, and so the, the whole idea behind that, um, I think is very paramount to this idea of perception and their ability, literally their physical a fucking ability. Uh, talk about lead in the pipes and shit and the time that they grew up and they have holes in their brain. There's like science to that too, you know, the Karen thing. But other than that, they just can't physically see that world the way that you see it to be so fucking true and obvious. And so it's this, it's this frustration, it's this golden gap, right? It's this idea of, well, how do you stay sane when you know everyone around you is insane and continue to grow and thrive? And it seems like we've all done this. There's dark fucking time, like against the rules of photosynthesis, we grew in the dark and we just said, fuck this. And then on the other, but there was light for some reason that we found and we all kind of stick up and see each other growing to these new heights. And it's transcendent of this lower perspective that can't go any fucking further, man. They, they just can't. And this is where you, you really release this idea of, oh, I can fix this or I can change their mind with enough information or with enough data. And it's a freeing perspective. And it's actually way more appealing than beating somebody over the head with it. 
So how do you feel about that, introducing these topics to people? Do you feel that it is a, a Thanksgiving conversation? Like, are you able to talk to your family about the kind of shit you research? So my deal is, is that I'm pretty Kung Fu when it comes to the, the brass tacks basics of what it is to uh, try and encourage a person's breakthrough, but it isn't the kind of thing that it sustains. So it isn't just that you can show them that they live in a lie. It's almost like a turtle shell that they crawl back up inside. It isn't just getting them to emerge. It's getting them to want to move forward and then to ultimately thrive in an environment very different than the constraints of how they were confined. Uh, that's not something I can do. I don't think that's anything that one person can do. It's something that we can all try and do more and more if we just stop saying hello to one another and started saying, hey, do you know that government's a death cult? That might actually encourage our culture a little bit. But at the same time, a lot of people will give you the crook eye and you wouldn't necessarily get the discount when you go to the grocery store anymore. The point is, is that there is a certain normalcy or conventional framework by which people have come to acquiesce. And to a certain extent, yeah, that is a conversation that you can have. It helps, obviously, if you're magnanimous, if you're enchanting, like you said, mesmerizing all these different sort of uh, either let's say magician or sorcerer's tricks depending on the intention of how you're attempting to use them that being whether it's in accordance with divine will or your own will if you're trying to help other people or if you're just out of frustration venting your own hurt on other people and so it's a lot of different things and i like to think of it as almost a sequence of pills it's the red pill to one realize that things are very different than you initially thought then it's a black pill to realize how bad it actually is and then ultimately you look at that and you say well i'm going to take another one that's a gold pill it's that you're going to continue to try despite the shade that you have felt in your life. And then over time, that's the Vesica Pisces integration of individuation, which is when we become one with our darkness, not in a way in which we surrender to it, but we're empowered by it. And it's, it's a long stretch that takes a long time to get through but it isn't anything that one person can do. And a lot of the time conversations will give you a tiny little glimmer of a fraction of a seed at best. So what do you think is the point of uh, articulating your perspective, especially in a sea of folks who just won't, well, the opposite, a, a group of folks on the shore that won't come in and test the waters even to see that not only are they fine, they're safe, but actually it's very beneficial and helpful and all these other things, all these wonderful things that you know the sea to be, but to them it's still a, a foreign environment that they, they want nothing to do with. And the challenge here, I think, is with folks like us is that we feel that a certain number of people here need to be woken up physically and to at least look at the things, like you said, and walk through this process or even just start it before any real change will occur here. And then there's other schools of thought that believe that this is just a place that will never be different. It's never going to change. It's supposed to be a manufactured hellhole that grows you in a certain way. And so therefore it's perfect in its design and it's system. And so where do you lie on that? Where do you lie on the idea that it is a certain mass amount of people that need to wake up if that's what needs to occur, or that it's more of a personal process, that this is a solo journey type of a thing? Okay, so it's both at the same time. And it's basically the answer to everything that you just suggested there. If you understand what this realm is, it's in essence sort of like the convergence between uh, the demonic and the angelic. And that's that's basically what it is. So anyone who sees it one way rather than both at the same time is fooling themselves. And typically people get trapped into that um, sort of polarizing axiomatic divide of the nature of our being. You can look at like the left hemisphere sort of Germanic roots of the very language that we use. It's typically of this or that rather than both and because. And then you can look at more of the picturesque uh, silhouettes of what a language like Latin would do, which would then break through to more of a right hemisphere thought, which expands 
expands into infinity. And what that means is that if we're able to garner the raw power of our humanity, then we can grow out of that darkness and through leading other people by example, we can inspire them to too. But it isn't a linear process. Some people you'll, and it's think of it like navigating a maze of people. You can walk up to one person and be like, you, I'm going to wake you up. And they'll never listen to anything you have to say. Kind of like you were talking about with your parents. They've reached their threshold. They're not going to get there. But if you almost navigate that maze and you find the person who is slightly more receptive to it and you try and get those seeds going, then it spirals around through kind of the cross current association of our indirect engagements. And then they might hear it from someone that they're able to hear it from. It isn't always just on you in that moment. And what happens isn't always what happens. It's what happens after what happened. And that's not something we're necessarily privy to. And the, the greatest, most maddening thing of it is the patience in the face of just how evil it can be and that we were born into all of these systems which are arguably like conjured or created at the behest of the worst people in history who have had reign and supremacy for so long now that the idea of entering into that is like well fuck it i'm just going to give up i'm not even going to try and that's that's to me the most discouraging and painful thing is because uh and i don't remember who wrote this quote it was a tweet um I do forgive me for plagiarizing, uh, but basically it's the idea that it isn't just defeating the ancient death cult. It's about the friends we meet along the way. Yeah, So yeah, yeah. that's the thing. <laughs> that's yeah. your tweet the other, I love that, man. I think it's brilliant. I, you are quoted. That is your quote as far as I'm concerned. No, no, no. It's someone else. I can't remember her name. It's like, it's the, have you, ever, you know, Bernard, um, uh, dude, oh, crap. I'm so bad with names. Lauren Mathieu. I don't know. She's a Native American uh, healer uh, who... I'm not, I'm going to fumble around with not getting her name, but so I'll just You're stop doing great. <laughs> We can go on like Twitter and find them, but no, yeah, no, this no. is very Googleable. I understand. But okay, what okay, I'm saying is, is that when you, when you, when I heard it though, if you don't mind, would you deliver the line again, please? Uh, it's not just about defeating the ancient death cult. It's about the friends you make along the way. I see your so smile. That, I see your smile when I hear that. That right there. Right. Yeah. But the idea like is, it. is that's, I think it's so much of it. It feels like when you're born into this realm and you venture off into those dark places, it's like all your friends are dead and you try and meet people and, and they're just asleep along the way. And it's like, aren't we supposed to be best friends with each other? It's like, no, I hate you. Your, your pants are ugly. And it's like, okay, okay. I'm cool <laughs> with that. But uh, maybe we should talk about things that are a little bit more important than that. And that's when you get into the quantum realm, you can look at like uh, Val Perga, I guess not, or I'm terrible with pronunciation but basically the the holiday of the dark occult if you get into it, it's five one it's the idea that it's 51 percent of the population you hit a quantum leap of understanding and so that is an individual thing where it is your responsibility to refine your understanding of what truth objectively is not just your subjective vantage point of it and then to help other people do so as well so that we can try and reach that benchmark and in so doing change the realm and then other people will say hey sh that shit's impossible so that's the battle Therefore, it is right. If you think you are, you think you can. You, you're right, right. Yeah. What is that? Think you can. You can't, think you can't. You're right. Yeah, it's a, it's something like that. Something. Um, it, it's it's just a fascinating perspective, especially now because it's so many different philosophical variations now, and it, it you almost need to pick. You almost need to make a choice, right? You, you almost because in in, the, in this way, in a sense, you're you're choosing where your energy goes, as you know, or attention goes, energy flows. And I've really looked at this place lately, especially as it's dark as fuck. It's both. It's light and dark. There are allies here that can both kill you and nourish you, right? It's uh, the Castaneda's idea of these mud shadows, where there are these allies, rather, where yeah, it'll it'll fucking slice you up and tear you apart. All you have to do is be resolve in your constitution, which is a personal process, which then is you shining a light in a dark 
ass place where other people can say, well, shit. I mean, maybe if that dude can just stick to a podcast for a few years, maybe I can do that too. And I can get to hang out with T. Snyder and have these kind of conversations. You know what I mean? Maybe it's these small things along the way that encourage you just to break out of this normal nonsense that, again, these people on the shore keep yelling at you about how dangerous the water is, but you're doing just fine, right? It, it's this interesting bifurcation, but philosophically, your energy is going to go and that which will grow is where your energy goes to that which you're paying attention to. So an example to what you're saying here, my mom, for instance, uh, very uh, hard in her line of thinking, very, and I'm not trying to change anybody's mind, right? That's, that's a fool's errand in my, in my opinion, so I'm not here to do that. But when we get into discussions, it's immediate triggers and defense. And I'm just like, dude, let's just talk. Like, can we just like, here's your idea, here's my idea. And she brings it up and, and it's volleyed for combatants. And I, I understand that. But but the bigger thing to this is, is it, it's reinforced in her world when we speak of it. So as you say, I do plant these subconscious seeds whenever they're enabled, you know, for half a second uh, and they're invited. But even then what she will do is then go hunt out and seek and these reinforcing ideas to her point against mine, let's say in her mind, there's a her, she's right and I'm wrong version of this and she goes to seek this. And so therefore it's reinforced in that way. And so she finds this community, you know, out there online, especially who then reinforce this idea. So therefore no seed was planted in the direction of actual change. Let's say if we're going with a, a particularly dualistic perspective, let's say it's either or, which I don't believe it is either, but if it is either or, then she has been led further away from this truth that I have to invite her to just simply based on her reticular activating system. It's only going to pop up things that reinforce her point of view. So it's interesting to sort of see people as automatically wired that way uh, and to know that it's a personal choice for them to change it, but also that it's going to be reinforced in their world around them because they're unaware that that's the way that this works. You know what I mean? And so they don't see it. So again, there's this perception blinders and even the modus operandi that could free them from this whole sort of entrapment, but it's all in their mind. It's just a mind fuck, to be honest with you. It's fascinating. Yeah, dude, it's surreal. It's, it's really difficult to, uh, come to terms with and to overcome how crushing it can feel. And especially when it's people that you love and you want to just help them understand things better, but it just makes them feel under the weather. And then you're the storm crashing down and they don't feel like they can endure anymore and they just freeze up. And insofar as the notion of uh, you can't necessarily change anyone's mind, I was reading a little bit on esoteric Christianity the other day and Gurdjieff's work and the fourth way and that kind of stuff. And it was basically uh, going into the etymology, I believe, of repent or it was one of those words like that in Christianity. And it's it's derived from the idea of what it actually means is to change your mind. Which is, it's, I can't, once again, my freaking memory. Yeah, but basically the premise being that if you get into the the etymology of, of what we're actually speaking into being anytime that we're saying words and like the ticky-tacky effect from an anthropolo anthropological or, yeah, 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 perfect. Okay, so the idea that there is inherent meaning to things, to certain sounds, to to certain gestures even. You can look at dancing as a ritual. That kind of thing then lends itself to the idea that maybe if we really understood what we were doing, we'd be able to do it well enough where we'd be able to dispel the spell that's been put on everyone. But we're fumbling around in the darkness of the systems that have been built around us. And when you reach out to hug someone, you, you they feel like you're stabbing them. And so it's, it's that. That like convoluted environment of ignorance and um, 
not quite understanding the dance that makes it so that it isn't quite so poetic. Speaking of poetic, the metaphor I'm going to stick with there is that we're, we've all reached these like 15 foot sunflower levels. Have you seen these sunflowers that are fucking gigantic? Let's say two story houses and shit. That's what we're kicking it at right now. Okay. And my mom's these little daisies down there. You know, she only grows to a certain height. They can't see what I'm seeing. And I'm articulating this bird that I could see in this fucking tree. She can't even identify because she's never seen it right and so it's this type of uh, thing that we're doing here and so at what point do you as the sunflower just say okay i know you can't see it i'm I'm at this beautiful peaceful place with this and i'm just going to move on because again my uh my lineage my um uh i guess uh unit in this world my like example of how to be because it's been here longer and knows and i came from it and all that stuff has such a limited perspective when it comes to taking in new information that it's shocking. And so whenever it gets to a point of conversation and then immediate end in defense and just shut down, it's something to where there is a maturity in you that needs to be present, right? Do you, do you feel this is accurate? A maturity in you to where you're now, this is where you can pick up where they literally left off as they leave you there at this, at this point. And this is a point you grow at. Yeah, I, it brings to mind the uh, the metaphor of the three sisters, which once again, indigenous culture, I'm specifically citing uh, the book Braiding Sweetgrass, I believe it is. And it's the idea that it's it's uh, three different uh, plant species that when grown next to one another, their nutrients would flow to one another at different key junctures in their development. So in the same way in which you talk about how that constraint of perspective can almost spur you forward in a way, it's one of those things where maybe you're getting your nutrients of frustration to be pushed in another direction or to stop and pause and try and turn back and make that connection. And that's that's the really most difficult thing about the whole process is that you're looking at someone who is supposed to be the same species, but it almost feels like they're a different one. It's like a different level of, of perception. And for me, I don't, I'm almost at the point where it's like, I can't try and change the, the inherent innate nature of another human being. For me, the greatest frustration is always trying to get people to understand that morality is actually objective and and we exist in like this vast deep trench that does everything in its power to make us think that you know your will will be the whole of the law that kind of thing and it's like no that's that's not how that works and so it's whether or not it's just your perspective on something it it isn't as crucial in my mind but if it is an objective thing that results in the parasitic or parasitic kind of just like uh degrading of the species at large that's when it just kills me as a person and i feel morally catapulted and obligated to to champion that explanation so best as i'm able and once you do that i think really it's just about trying to make it really really simple because the truth is very simple it's the lies that have made it as complicated as it is Let's talk morality because I find it interesting because it is so subjective, even though um, what so then I'm curious about what you feel objective morality is and how you natural discovered law. this information. Yeah, so natural law, and that's uh, really just a simple way of thinking about it is that it's a kind of just the binding and immutable terms and conditions by which karmic consequence comes to unfold on a cosmic scale. And so that's both the microcosm and the macrocosm. A really simple way of thinking about that is if you look at it in the, it's a non-material law. If you look at the material laws of like dominoes falling into one another, you can understand that if you hit one, it's going to affect the next one and that's going to hit the next one. And that's going to eventually all fall. It's very simple to understand, but in a non-linear way. And if you go out there and you tell a lot, 
apply or if you violate someone else's rights, then eventually that'll loop back around to you later on in life. And it'll also affect the external environment as well. So it's a qualitative assessment rather than a quantitative viewpoint, which is typically the manner in which we go about understanding the realm in which we live. But that's not actually how things are. That's just how we've been taught to view them. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's been how we've been taught to view them. But also we have things to view in our reality that don't follow those laws that seem to be not bound by those limitations, which I don't find it's a limitation not to be a piece of shit. Like, I, I agree with you that there are tenants that one would at an intellectual level and an emotionally mature level want to adapt and adopt and implement. But they don't seem to be laws in the sense that there's any sort of punishment for them. I think perceived karma can be uh, dictated. You could sort of say, oh, this happened. I know it's portrayed in movies a lot, but I, I don't also see uh, I see a lot of fucking successful um, in power people making massive decisions that do some shitty things against natural law, violating fucking natural laws constantly. But there doesn't seem to be this sort of recourse in the sense to where. It almost in my mind, and I'm just going to say this openly, it feels like this sort of Bolshevik revolution idea, this Q idea, this sort of if you just this, which is more passive than you'll that, which is taken care of and really the more honorable or way to go about it. So it's more of a could it be a deflection of, of positive action in a way is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So basically what they do is, uh, by and large, they trick us into taking the taking the brunt of their karma for the most part. That's a huge part of how they, they get out of that. Um, they use a multitude of extraordinarily sophisticated means to obfuscate the, the sort of, uh, once again, sorcery or trickery by which they go about uh, perpetrating these kinds of things. And it's so much that it's a lifetime study just to be able to wrap your head around it insofar as the stretch of time by which this comes to unfold a lot of it you won't see necessarily and a lot of it would ultimately tie into the idea of reincarnation and how much of this is something that is simply beyond the stretch of the lessons that we're privy to in this particular incarnation and so it becomes one of those infinitely frustrating things and there's another uh added up to that which is this and it's like kind of a japanese saying but it's basically it's the strange way of nature to turn lovers into warriors another way of saying that is that much of why things are this bad is because we're a bunch of house cat pussies who just fucking give up and think that we aren't supposed to do the right thing in a more forceful and uh let's say application of our will in accordance with divine will because it is through that that you see change come to manifest it isn't a passive thing where you get down on your knees and pray for it it's an active thing where you are very much are a participant and a lot of people who are good people don't want to understand that they're actually supposed to be leveling up rather than just reaching out helping hands to other people around them yeah that's good and everything but you're also supposed to be going out there and putting fire under the ass of the people who are trying to murder us that's the reality but we're not doing it because we've been taught live our lives on our knees we'll live our lives on our knees but also to the point you're talking about it's it'll catch up somewhere later there's karmic retribution maybe but not in this time i mean it's a it, that to me is a passive look at this i mean we could stop evil in our time but we're we're leaving mm -hmm. it up to divine what did you call it divine uh order divine code divine law it's natural law yeah so it's natural. it's 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 that morality is inherent to nature and the degree to which we live in accordance with that in the aggregate of the species determines the conditions of the realm we live in. And right now, 
holy shit, we are violating the hell out of it all the time. So it feels a lot more like hell than it's supposed to. It does. But that's what I'm saying here is that could this idea of divine action, because I'm not told what divine law is. I don't know what natural law is. No one's coming to me saying, here it is. I've read a lot of opinions on it. I've read a lot of books and mm -hmm. I've studied a bit, but there's no sort of, and there's consistency in that, but there's also a shitload of consistency in the lies that are clear lies around us. And they're just easier to verify in my mind. So it's just interesting when we start talking about these things that in my mind can limit us in a way, because now it's just sort of this, again, Q style uh, you know, it'll it'll happen in another life and karma's going to get them and God's going to make sure. But if you look around at this, what can be perceived as a hell realm, God's probably getting exactly what it wants. And this is sort of a force of evil, perhaps, that you do have the idea uh, or the ability to transcend in this with a little bit more action by even questioning the consensus of morality that you've talked that you've heard about, because this. I mean, even the Ten Commandments we can talk about are extremely limited and narrow in thinking. They're they're very small. They're they're at starting points, but number one, there's too goddamn many of them. I think Car Carlin went through this and it was brilliant, and he reduced them down to like three or some shit. And they were it was just don't be a cunt or something like that. It was brilliant. But basically, uh, the the idea goes is that there's a lot of fluff, like you said. There's a lot of noise out here, and I think even the idea that. Well, this is an energetic system, and so we play based on the foundations of that. But if if any alternate you know, variable pops into that that negates that whole system, then it's it's totally reviewed. But then if you send, then say, as above, so below, which we always do, this matryoshka doll idea of the concepts here, and it's right in front of you, then it's scalable to see that the Bolshevik Revolution, Q, or any of these other things that distracted you away from taking action and said, no, 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 be passive, we've got this on your behalf, that never fucking came to fruition, it was part of the thing, I see as maybe, maybe, an opportunity to start wheeling some guillotines out instead, you know? Sort of a trust but verify. Like, we got you, but we've got these right here, and we're giving you so long to make it happen. No, dude, like, that that note that you had right there is actually pretty accurate, and that's the unfortunate thing about it. You have a right to defend yourself. If you understand what government is, it's a parasitic, like, ancient death cult that was enacted in order to destroy people and keep them in perpetual slavery. If you want to get into the natural law of things, you technically have the right to fight back against that with teeth. I wouldn't necessarily say that it would be strategically advantage, uh given the way in which things are currently constructed, nor for that matter would it be taken well by the average individual who would automatically denote or equate that to you being irrational and being the aggressor. So it is a strategic and creative maneuver. You're not supposed to say that, yo, it's just something, trust the plan or some bullshit like that. Instead, you're supposed to take a stand and through the raw application of your will and your energy output in accordance with like what is actually real, which even understanding from the onset is difficult enough rather than just falling into the pitfalls of how we feel it's all of that and only then as that becomes something that is done more often do we see that change on a larger scale come to manifest and that's called the great work and it's called the great work because it takes so many of us so long so much especially given where we're starting from or where we're at right now not that this is the start well, let's talk about where we are at right now. Uh, it seems that more people are waking up, if you want to fucking say that. It seems that we do have, we're getting closer to this 51%. Maybe that's necessary. Do you find that that's something that you will see in your lifetime? No, no. Do you no. think it's so going like, to happen? So let's, what's your definition of waking up? First, I'll ask you that. What do you think? Asking uh, more are people waking up? Asking more and better sure, questions. Sure, sure. People are babbling in their sleep. I will agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> if we're talking about waking up, fuck no. But that think is the, not think happening. Of the things you're hearing now think of the shows you're going on think of the quantity of podcasts out think of like the saturation of yeah right but that isn't even necessarily 
Right. But that isn't even necessarily a good thing. If you look at a lot of the people who are getting the most play, they're the ones who are the most asleep. They're the it's ones who are basically, well, I'm talking about in the sense of, yes, it's out there and the community is evolving and it is expanding. And I agree with that. That's all great and everything. But um, it's it's basically the idea of how much catch can we transmit that to the people who are still more or less asleep or barely awake. And so it's that's what I mean. For those of us like you and me, yeah oh my god it's great because you can go out there you can find all this stuff it's there it's it's like you have that plentiful thing but for the most people or the people who are babbling in their sleep they gravitate still towards the periphery of the mainstream and almost because of that it's like the alternative media itself has been created like this mirror that's just basically just bouncing ping pong balls off the talking points of things that are just shot out there so it's 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 almost like this second layer that lulls people to another kind of sleep it isn't as deep but they're just babbling in their sleep. It's interesting because it has sort of this polarization effect and a magnetic effect at the same time. You you have people that are totally repelled by these ideas. And so, of course, then they'll find the communities that reinforce that idea. Again, mom, right? And she's in those communities probably. But then you'll have guys like I watched a documentary on this um, case out in uh, Glen Rose, Texas. It's not too far away from us. And they had a UFO fly, fly by Stephenville, Texas, 2008. It was a really cool case. And this dude, this normal ass white guy, married, mustache, everything, not beard, mustache, trimmed it daily like proud of it fucking farmer guy um saw a ufo he saw these incredible lights in the sky and it changed his entire life like he is not the same dude he didn't get picked up he didn't get anal probed he didn't get any of that shit he just saw the shit and then went down this amazing rabbit hole and conspiracy synergy be damned he went out and just is now divorced the mustache is still kicking he is still he's divorced though his whole life has changed and it's these kind of ways in which the phenomena or the availability of information or to even be introduced to cool questions uh it just sucks some people in but in another way again mom uh bounces her ass way back. I'll see you later. You know, I mean, when you come back around, she's yelling at me from way back there, but I can't hear. It's fine. She's doing her thing. No, dude, like you're so right. And I guess it's like, so I was talking to Scott Armstrong over on the Rebunked show a couple weeks ago, and he'd previously, I believe it was a heroin addict, or he'd had some sort of, of drug addiction problem. And one of the things, because we were talking about a similar point, is that internally within uh, addiction counseling or the, the group chats that they would have it's the idea that you never deny someone their bottom as in to say that a lot of people don't crack until they're dropped from a high enough height and they look up in the sky and they see those lights and then it's like holy shit i am not the same person and the only reason is because they weren't denied their bottom i hate that idea but unfortunately that's back to that japanese saying it's like it's a strange way of nature to turn lovers into warriors you got to be able to be able to be on a level where you're fighting not as does evil but where you're still holding your own and that's one of those things where it it just requires us to unfortunately get hit by a fucking bus sometimes i hate it but that's that's the reality of it pain it teaches you a lot of the time if it doesn't kill you do you think that that's what evil is in this place? It's it's more described like Satan in the Bible is more described as an adversary yeah. uh, that will manifest in the shittiest of ways. I know you already have your answer, but for the audience's sake, <laughs> I, it will manifest in shitty ways to therefore encourage you as an adversary, not necessarily evil, uh, to then uh, go the other way, as it were. And the reason it's manifested in such dramatic fashion is because everybody's so fucked up. And the reason you don't you know, necessarily encounter physically horrible atrocities daily uh, is the reason because you just don't need that lesson anymore and evil doesn't touch you in that way. What do you think to that? Evil is a byproduct of our raw egotism and stark defiance of objective truth because we just don't want to see it that way because to a certain extent we came here to forget 
and that makes it kind of a little bit of a ride but at the same time that doesn't mean that we need to be riding under the roller coaster you know so it's one of those things where certain people get off very much on the idea of torture if you go through the degree to which the old religion replaces nature and nurture with nature and torture you start to understand that for some of them they find it really fun to throw people under that ride so that's when you have to find the courage to be able to pull back in your insides get in the seat and take the reins it's that that kind of thing and that takes balls in the face of evil which is what this whole fucking realm is we're supposed to encounter it and then overcome it that's the hero's journey but most people just don't have the cojones to do it well well then let's say we got the cojones and let's say that we decide that karma is not working fast enough and let's say that these you know as are encountered in your daily life how do you then you know navigate that do you feel it's your responsibility to sort of be the facilitator of some of those things and if so how would you facilitate so uh, uh, and so far as the situation we're in, it's basically a David versus Goliath sort of scenario. If you could take the metaphor of that, it's a different kind of infantry that was stacked up against a, a heavy, like basically soldier. Um, and the different, it's not infantry is the right, not the correct word, but it's basically a slinger. It's the idea that it's a person who can sling a tiny little rock around very quickly until you could actually shoot it at the speed of a magnum. So it makes perfect sense that David versus Goliath kind of uh, fight. If you understand that, no, that's a dude who's basically just going to shoot this guy in the head. He's wearing a lot of really clumsy armor. He's an idiot. He's not going to be able to move very quickly. Just send out the guy who's just like, Pew! and then it's over. So that's creativity. But if you don't understand the context of that story then it sounds like oh man it's this tiny little dude who just like throughout all odds he was able to overcome no man he was creative enough to understand the physics of how to take a stand and do it in a right way that outsmarted the enemy thinking that just brute force was going to win a lot of what we need to be doing is creativity it extends into art which is the highest echelon of anything and the highest echelon of everybody every single person listening to this is an artist in your own right and that's ultimately what you should be doing and investing in in order to be able to not only have a chance in but to but to actually win this fight Ugh, love your fucking perspective t so i want to point out some art as well right yeah where my finger is and check the video version uh, link in the show description guys this is from patricio from forgotten youth he's actually on the call with us tonight so thank you so much it's a sigil for expanding isn't that awesome it's expanding in all directions and shit isn't that cool shit? Cool. You just send this out with some incense. Kind of looks like a Thank snowflake. Thank you, Patricio. Yeah, shout out. Not, not saying that about Patricio, just saying that there's a lot of sacred geometry and how those formations come to full. We think of Dr. Emoto. I mean, that's a beautiful yeah. snowflake of love right there is what I see. That's love expanding is what that Emoto snowflake is. And thank you, Patricio, for that. I'm linking your uh, Forgotten Youth down below uh, just uh, for being dope, dude. I appreciate you. So I want to ask you before I invite everybody in our chat here uh, to join in. And if you're listening to this episode, we appreciate y'all. Tease uh, is going to hang out with us for another hour, which is going to be available on Patreon. If you guys would like to join us in the future for some of these, uh, go check that out. There's a couple different uh, value exchange levels over there you can participate in. And you can come hang out with us for one of these as well as we're going to do a question and answer thing after that. So check the link in the show description. We have a dope ass community hanging out and I'm grateful for every single one of them. So. Tease, uh, before we let you go here, dude, um, what is something that you are super pumped about seeing coming up in the very near future? 2024 is uh, already shaping up to be very interesting. I'm boundlessly optimistic for no reason. And uh, <laughs> I want to hear what your uh, thoughts are on coming up. I keep hoping that I'm able to meet real friends, just like, but it's, it's always a threshold of how quickly you can take people at any given time. 
And so I'm wondering if in the gradual babbling in their sleep, slow cook process of almost like popcorn popping off, you know, some of those kernels are never going to go off, but I'm kind of hoping that more people are suddenly just going to peer around me who already have enough of an understanding where I don't have to explain it to everybody. And I'm kind of hopeful about what kind of communities and counter economic and just perspectives that that kind of thing can breed. And, and that's something that isn't just on me. So I'm hoping that I'm able to see um, more courage in everybody and that doesn't necessarily come to form in any particular way it's something where maybe people have just reached the point where they're not willing to be a like just actor on this stage instead they're going to be an active writer of that play and that's the thing it's like ultimately fate or destiny isn't written it's in the writing but a lot of people once again are in a position where they haven't felt inspired enough to embrace that sort of thing. So I'm really hopeful in that regard that maybe friends will uh, write in at the last moment to, to make the writing a little bit, once again, more hopeful. Well, we got to get you out of Canada, dude. We have an event. Our first event okay. is going to be in May of next year and you can come hang out with us. We're going to be in Georgia. Yeah, dude, Canada is awful. Oh my God. It's brutal. Well, like, get the fuck out of there. Come hang out with us. Get dude, it's them. what, it's one of those things where it's like, so if you even Casey talked about where I live, which is Edmonton, Alberta, don't come here. It sucks as being like a weird uh, spiritual uh, epicenter in a way. And if you get into the dark occult and the degree to which they've gone about uh, commandeering and obfuscating, like how that that sort of broadbands out to the civilian population, uh, that makes it so that when you're here, yeah, it's really dreary and it almost like lulls people to sleep. And so, yeah, Canada sucks but there is the idea that certain people are conduits and so that means that if you move from the places that allow you to disseminate that kind of thing then it isn't necessarily to the benefit of your own growth or for that matter the growth that would be needed from those around you so it's almost one of those things to a certain extent it's a sacrifice if it were just me like enjoying my life oh my god yeah it'd obviously be somewhere else other than this but for what i need to sacrifice to do what i'm trying to achieve it's like yeah i'm, I'm gonna be here at least a little while longer anyway i'm offer your perspective because i love your fucking face god damn it t snyder i uh, i would say that you have an opportunity to pick your ass up and move you know you grow where you're planted to a certain level and then you know think of the dandelion we're, we're now moving from sunflowers to dandelions and we're those things that little queef off in the wind those little white wispy <laughs> things dude and you get to you get to go out and you get to fly you get to be free man because that may be another stop could you at least entertain it as an option of experience that it's being plugged into your reality to keep you planted because your real power lies in physically getting out amongst them and traveling around with us and hanging out. Oh yeah, no, I think insofar as just like go out and have a good time and re replenish and refresh and that kind of thing, yeah. But then it also just comes back to family and uh, the, the economic constraints of what it is to be a filmmaker without a lot of support, if not very little. And then just like how much does that, like if I did a line to line budgetary breakdown of what it is to run the raw hardware that I do to purchase the props, to uh, get all of these various different clips, all of the software and whatnot like that, it is completely and utterly unsustainable without like some higher degree of exposure and people actually valuing and appreciating me and then sharing it and all these other additional steps. And that isn't like a scarcity mindset. It's just that to do filmmaking 
on an upper level it's like it's exhausting it takes all of all of your money and where i am right now it's it's the only really hospitable environment to allow that to continue to grow so it's a short-term sacrifice for long-term gain it's both at the same time well we appreciate and love you um what about you know if if you're able to get like some you know uh, delegation going on and you actually are able to get like a team built up and we have maybe a studio where you have a fuck little prop so you can do whatever you want does that interest you something like that that kind of setup where you have like a team and you're able to work on really cool projects things that you you know that are a lot for you to take on by yourself but maybe with the you know outsourcing a bit that's one of my favorite jim henson qualities he was quoted as saying that he his deal for making these amazing pieces dark crystal and everything that he did was to just have an idea and is surround himself with people who could then jump in on that idea and be creative with him and build it to such an exponential potential that he couldn't on his own and so it's yeah. this idea of you know like king midasing everything you know you just kind of expanded a bit and then like i said you get to come hang out with us and shit like that dude i want that oh no hug your face no, dude you're totally on point. You're describing the future of what filmmaking is going to become, especially from the alternative media perspective, which is ultimately what I think the greatest like thing that we should be doing is working with artists in exactly the kind of environments that you're describing, which is when you have a lot of different people who aren't just all carrying that burden. Instead, they're able to work together in order to accomplish miraculous things. That's the future of the communities that need to be built in order to create the kind of thing that we need to show the world, because most people are just so enchanted by like the superficial view of things that that's the most important thing and then the information is second and so yes in the future the thing that you're describing i think very much needs to come into being and it will help everyone well you say the communities that need to be built but what if you're the motherfucker that needs to lay the first brick have you thought about that yeah, dude, the bricks that I'm laying in that particular way have to do to a certain extent with my own study, because that's a part of the show that I'm doing. It isn't just creating it already knowing everything. It's creating it saying, OK, this is going to be the encapsulative overview of the entire conspiracy community. I'm not just talking about the things that I already know, the things that I think I know. I'm saying, OK, let's go all the fucking way to the truth. Spend like three or four hours every day studying the esoterica, the occult, going into it, being like, understand the methodology by which I can facilitate facilitate the emergence of that in due time. And so I need the time to study. And it's like, even if I'm in a more comfortable environment than that, it's like, I'm still like, like staring at a freaking book. So I, I will go to Cologne and I'll be on a, a beach staring at a book. But at the same time, it's one of those things where this is almost like the introduction then almost like the hermetic tradition that then in due time will lend greater strength to things later on. And so that's that's my perspective on it on the whole. Also, here's the kitty. I love it. What's his name? Her name? Uh, this is we. I call her Jill. My mom. I'm calling her <laughs> Jelly. What? It's like so simple. I mean, so similar. I mean, Jill Jilly is the thing. That's the <laughs> distinction. No, the reason I call her Jill is because she has she meows all the time. So I just wanted to have it rhyme with chill. So I could just tell her like Jill, chill. It's Jill, like, chill, uh, dude, you know, chill. I thought it was going to yeah. be so uh, diametrically opposed. Like uh, we have a cat. My wife calls it Jasper. I call it Tupac Shapur. Like those are very different, <laughs> you know, names or whatever. But I, I dig it, man. And and uh, he. Uh, this is a she. This and she is beautiful. Her sister is gigantic and <laughs> uh, like six months older, and is a very fat cat who just keeps on growing. And yeah, so they're they're running on a treadmill of each other's energy all the time, and it's a nice little refresher from the bleak world of staring at said books, trying to figure out how to get people to pull their heads out of their butts. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, you're doing a hell of a job, man. And located down below are all the ways to find you again, our episode 152 for your introduction. Because then everybody is like, what's his backstory? What's in there? Go go, go check it out. Uh, oh, as yeah. well as your rumble and all that stuff. Um, as well as Forgotten Youth. Shout out, dude, for the art and for just being dope. Um, wanted to thank you super much. And I'll give you the last word here. But uh, go out with some hope, man. Give us some some fucking keep them moving out of boys, you know? Yeah, so I think really the reality is is that we very much can win this. You just have to understand um, a lot and then make it a lot simpler for people who don't understand very much. And that's what I've done with my show, Conspiracy Synergy. And the most recent episode, the end of that, is reaching out to a lot of different people in the alternative media community, yourself included, and getting their perspective on how we can save the world, how we can save the day, how we can save the culture. And uh, I appreciated your perspective in that you broke down each of those questions by the word that was the same in all of them, which is the notion of save and that depends on your interpretation of that is it an investment as in are you saving that way are you saving as in like riding in on a white horse it's like well what does that really ultimately mean and so that's one perspective on it then you can take 20 different alternative media creators giving you really great advice on doing shadow work on exiting and building on very hopeful notes that can be played which then in the end of my uh last episode is a musical montage and that's when you get into the harmonics of how that affects our our heart math and how that then translates to making us feel like not only we're not alone but we have a fucking movie montage that's been made to give us hope so conspiracy synergy is a show that's been built for you to outreach uh, to your friends and family. It's not for the really hardcore people that are just like, no, never gonna get it no matter what. They're, don't don't waste your energy on them. But there is a mid-tier bracket that's starting to wake up. And if you give them the right tools and the right resources in a very emotionally engaging and welcoming way, then not only can we, but we are going to save the day. Just want to take a moment here and thank Tease Snyder for coming by and hanging out with us for that Patreon Insider Hangout that we did. If you guys want to join us as a live audience member and then to hang out for the question and answer phase after that, check the link in the show description. It's over there on our Patreon. You can go sign up for the one that includes the Hangouts. And that's the way you can do it. There are a couple of other levels over there, so just make sure you read them carefully. Uh, the other thing as well we want to recognize that we're offering is the transcripts for the episodes. We're also hosting them there on Patreon for absolutely free. You guys can check the link in the show descriptions of the latest few episodes, and they will be found there so that you can read along. I know that's valuable. Another thing I want to announce here real quick is a journal series that's been published through our publishing house, which we're very proud of. I hand-drew these things and created them. It's a community effort with covers featured from different artists. It's got quote submissions and art submissions. And guys, this whole journal series is fucking awesome, and I'm so fucking proud of it. So check the link down in the show description. They are available on Amazon for right now only, but we are looking to go wider with that publication very, very soon. So stay tuned for the updates on that. But check that journal series out. It can be found on Amazon called the Expansion Series. Again, very proud of that. Reach out if you guys have any questions on that. We are going to be doing an episode on it soon. Another thing I want to go ahead and officially excitedly announce here is our first Expanding Reality Excursion event. This is going to take place in Blue Ridge, Georgia for a Bigfoot hike event, adventure kind of a thing. Guys, this is amazing. It's an intimate conference, speakers, adventures, all kinds of shit. It's going to take place May 15th through May 21st of this uh, 2024 year. So reach out and contact us for more information on that. But we will be 
providing more information as it becomes available. So very exciting year. We're very grateful for everyone for sticking it through for this long. And again, if you guys want to hang out for these Patreon hangouts and do the live chats with us and stuff, it's an incredibly cool community. So come join us. Other than that, guys, uh, go out into this crazy awesome place and, uh, you know, pick up a piece of litter if you feel compelled. Get the fuck out of the left-hand lane. Other than that, y'all just be good to one another. Love y'all. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.